Well, hi, everybody, and thank you for joining me for week 17 of Survival Beyond the Bug Out Bag. I'm Bill Bateman, part of the team here at Refuse to Be a Victim Personal Protection Training. We are located in southern Oregon in the Medford, White City area. I used to say this at the start of every program and kind of got out of the habit, and by golly, I ended up getting a question on it. The question is, do you get commissions on the products you talk about? Are you sponsored? The answer is a definite no. The products I talk about are those I've researched and that's caught my attention when I'm poking around the internet or from interviews I've done with people, and we're going to talk more about that in just a minute. We are not sponsored. There are no referral fees, commissions, anything like that. I base my judgment on personal experience, reviews, and the consumer ratings of other persons who've actually bought that product. Another person asks, are you trying to sell me a bag? Actually, no, I'm not trying to sell you a bug out bag. I'm here to review products, talk about ideas and concepts, and research some of the claims that other people have made. Now, these are my opinions, and I invite you to build your own based on your own needs. Now, I'm not saying buying a pre-made bag is bad. Personally, and this is, again, my opinion, I think doing it the way I'm doing it, researching, looking at general concepts, looking at things that fit me the best, is a more effective and more cost-efficient way to do that. I urge you to take the information I give you, the links that we update every week on the site, you research what fits your budget and what fits your plans. The first thing you got to have is a plan. Do not, please do not go out and buy a whole bunch of stuff before you sit down with the family or those in your particular group and have a serious discussion on the topic. You may find out all this camping stuff isn't going to do you a bit of good. So what you want to do is prep to stay in your home. Fine. Now you've got a plan. Now we need to divide between what is a short-term emergency and what is the end of days scenario, the end of the world as we know it. I hope you will do some research. I hope you're doing this now. I very much want to hear from people who are involved in this. Interestingly enough, in holding this discussion in real life instead of on a podcast, I was referred to a gentleman who lives in this area. Let's just call this person Bob. Okay, they have an impressive background and emergency preparedness, and I was pleased to see that a lot of the stuff I've been sharing here on the podcast made pretty good sense to him. We talked for several hours, and one of the things he emphasized is how important personal influences are in your planning. If you recall, we talked about this in a previous broadcast. Personal influences are things like age, mobility, size of the group, geographical area, all of the things which are going to make you different than me when it comes time to go. The second thing, a friend of mine at the university came up with an interesting sociological fact, and that's when people are under stress. We're finding more and more people are planning on staying at home 
if at all possible, which means that's going to be the primary area we build up first. And it makes the most sense. That's where you live. That's where you have the most storage. That's where you have the most connection. And that's the third piece that we kind of kicked around and came to an agreement on. The idea you're going to be the lone wolf, and we touched on this last week, and I want to reiterate it, because the more we talk, the more sense it made. Being the lone wolf, it's great if you're uh, Chuck Norris, but I'm not. I'm not Chuck Norris, sorry. Hate to disillusion anybody. And I got a pretty good suspicion, neither are you. Getting a group of people you trust, just like I talked about last week, that seems to have taken on more and more of a importance because it seems to be something that we're really going to have to do. One of the other things we talked about was the really interesting idea of solar power. I have a love-hate relationship with that topic. I think it takes way too long for things to recharge. I saw one flashlight had two AA batteries in it. It would take 21 hours to recharge on a solar panel. Well, and again, this is carrying on from a previous conversation. I was introduced to the Gold Zero product line. Now, depending on the cost, we have items running from several hundred dollars up to almost $2,000. And interestingly enough, one of the medium priced, I want to say a $500 unit, actually will recharge a flashlight faster on rechargeable batteries in a solar panel than it will if you plug it into the wall. This shows further research is necessary. So I have put up the Goal Zero website. Some of this stuff is expensive. Some of the stuff is going to replace a gasoline generator. It's also much, much smaller physically, which means if you've got to get up and you've got to go, you're going to be able to do that. A big generator that's going to power your home is not going to be something you're going to be able to simply toss in the back of the truck. New information on solar power, solar recharging. It takes some reading. It's going to be spendy. You aren't going to get cheap and good when you're looking at power. But if your personal situation is such that you need to keep your insulin cold, or you need to keep some medical equipment running, this becomes very, very important. So those were some of the things that we talked about, and I was really pleased to see that uh, from an experienced individual with this much knowledge and background, we were not uh, leading anyone astray. We seem to be coming up with some good ideas and some good information here, and that's that's why we're doing this. Another thing we got into a pretty interesting discussion on was the media perception of preppers. Now, this to me is really interesting. Some people think that they are doomsday cults and they're looking for the end of the world and they just can't wait for the big EMP or nuclear war. Well, I'm sure there may be one or two uh, people out there like that, but it's certainly nobody I know. I think that the idea of wanting to be able to be self-sufficient and care for yourself and those around you makes an incredible amount of good sense, especially as we look at what's going on in the world today. The idea of having three or four days food and water, that is long gone. We've discussed this previously. you got to have 30 days 
food, water, and the necessary support supplies, warmth, lighting, shelter, protection, and, if appropriate, medications, things that you need to get by on a day-to-day basis. So one of the things I'm going to include in the list that I update on the on the page there of references is a book that uh, my friend Bob recommended about survival. It's Camping and Wilderness Survival, second edition. I've got the link up there. It is not an expensive book at all. And I think that uh, for you city folks, and even for me who has not been wandering out in the woods for a while, getting learned up now is really a well-spent evening. On the very same topic, one of the things we talked about was medication, and this was interesting. He recommended a book called The Complete Medicinal and Herbal Practical Guide and Properties. Again, that link will be there. And what makes this so much fun is that one of the persons on our team, her name is Sandra, she works here at Refuse to Be a Victim, she is excellent on knowing which plants and which herbs. I'm going to let her tell you all about herself. I'm hopeful we'll have her on in the next couple of weeks. And what do you do when Rite Aid is closed? What can you use to deal with bleeding, with headaches, with the types of problems we're going to have if you have to be in a situation where the standard services aren't available? She and this book are two exceptional resources. So I hope you're going to tune in uh, in another couple of weeks. I'll keep you up to date on the website with what's going on and get some information on homeopathic remedies and natural remedies, things that are going to help you through difficult situations. We like to talk about the classes here, and I think it's time we just stop giving you the dates and talk a little bit more about the content or some of the value of these classes. I'm going to start out with the CHL class, one I have successfully completed. I'm really glad I took it. It's uh, coming up on March the 9th. Now, I know it is possible in this area to attend a one-hour training and get a certificate that will satisfy the requirement. And I've got to try and talk you out of that. I took one of those one-hour trainings, and it just didn't feel right. Then I saw the one, the CHL class that Phil teaches. It's all day at the Medford Rifle Pistol Club. It costs uh, a very reasonable amount. The price is there on the website. It is really a good value. But what it included was live fire. What it included was some of the legal ramifications. What it included is the fact that you're dealing with a very serious episode. You're not a junior deputy. You're not a junior G-man. You will get in trouble if you pull that firearm. And knowing the rights and responsibilities, to me, was worth every penny and every minute I spent in that class, as well as actually dealing with a live fire situation. This is especially good if you're coming up new to the topic. I've been around firearms my entire life. I started like when I was eight with the Eddie Eagle program, which is what the NRA used to do. And it proved very, very useful in the safe and appropriate use and handling of a handgun. 
tied to that, a lot of people don't understand the legality involved in this. They think it becomes the Wild West when the lights go out. Well, it might for a few minutes, but those lights are going to come back on, ladies and gentlemen. It is going to be a day of accounting. And if you're out there using irresponsible methods, if you're out there doing things that aren't smart, it's going to come back and it's going to bite you. And that's why I think the CHL class, for me, was very, very useful and that it made me aware of some of the responsibilities and some of the situations I could get myself in if I handled a handgun, a concealed weapon, inappropriately. Another thing I really found useful was the Defensive Scenario series of classes. Now, there's one coming up the 23rd, Saturday the 23rd. That, to me, is just the cream of the crop. It is not for a beginner. This is something you should have some firearms experience, some training. You should be proficient with a handgun because, as someone pointed out to me, you can stand there at the range and bang away at a target stapled to a wooden stand, but in real life, they're not just going to stand there. If you have to put yourself in a defensive situation, that individual coming towards you is not going to say ready go they are going to be moving and you are going to have to be moving as well and that's what this defensive class defensive scenarios what do you do when what do you do if what is the most effective way learning about things like what's your backstop what is beyond your target how to move safely without falling over those big cement things in the parking lot Start backing up, forget that's there, game over. These are training things that are vital to you in an emergency situation. And I urge folks, if you're interested, and again, we talked about this last time, a firearm may not be for you. You may not be willing to do that. Heard some people say, I could never do that, and then you just point point to their spouse, your significant other. Now what are you going to do? Training, training, training training. These classes are coming up. This is what we do. We hope you will join us. And if it's not your cup of tea, thank you for making that decision. Thank you for taking the time to make an informed and intelligent choice. Okay, I'm out of time. My soapbox is starting to splinter. I'm Bill Bateman, and this program is Copyright Refused to Be a Victim, Personal Protection Training 2019. As always, thank you for those of you who shared your ideas, I want to thank Bob, who uh, took his evening and showed me some wonderful equipment, gave me some good reinforcement, and pointed me down a path that I think I'm going to gain a lot from. And by gaining that, I can share that information with you. So once again, Bob, God bless and thank you, brother. That was much appreciated. Look forward to Miss Sandra coming in. Yes, indeed. Good information on homeopathic remedies and getting by without the pharmacist. Thank you very much. This program may not be rebroadcast, edited, or sold without the express written permission of this company. On the other hand, you can rebroadcast it uh, to your friends. You can share the link for non-commercial entertainment purposes. Put it on Facebook. Put it on Twitter. Say something nice about us. We're even on the Apple iTunes network. And if you do go to the Apple iTunes, by all means, give us a rating. If you don't like it, let me know. Our email address is podcast at wits-and.com. 
podcast at witsand.com. Don't forget the dash. Okay, new postings coming up on the website, those books, uh, the vendor I came uh, came across, all of that stuff is there for you. We look forward to keeping you up to date. And again, one last thing to mention, I would like us to get together. I think it would be ideal if we could get together. I'm looking at a June date, end of June, middle of June. If that works for you, Fire up an email and let us know. I don't want to schedule something at a bad time. No, no, the kids are still in school. Put it in July. Okay, let's talk about this. We want to get it in before the forest fires and everybody has to leave. Boy, I hope I'm wrong on that one. All right, we're out of time. If I don't see you at the next podcast, maybe I'll get you out at the range. Thank you.